Welcome back to Onto the Ball. I'm your host, Scott Nicker, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Travis Morgan. And we're joined for the second time in a row. Don't get used to it, guys. He's only on summer holiday. He's a headmaster. He dresses like a headmaster. Trav, he's, he's dressed like Fabrizio Romano. Look at him. It's a, it's a Thursday afternoon and he's wearing a shirt and we're in our sport rig out. Same trim um, and everything. It's killing me. I'm ready for the here we go. Endo. <laughs> Endo. Waturi Endo is signing. Here we go. Neil's just confirmed it. Um, but yeah, um, Liverpool fan, Neil. He hasn't put Liverpool uh, Arsenal fan in his bio, but that's okay. I'm sure you can figure out by the pink and white striped shirt. Um, right, boys, we're back. It's Thursday afternoon. What a week it's been again in the transfer market. Liverpool of doing what they've been doing. They've been ending lives, ending my life for the last five days. It's nearly a week now since the news broke that we'd put in a world record bid for Moises Caicedo. How life has changed in the last six days since that announcement. The excitement of me Friday morning. My hopes were dashed by the time I was eating my pot noodle for lunch Friday afternoon. By Friday evening, he was nailed on a cert to go to Chelsea. And now what are we left with? Picking up the pieces, scratching around for bargain bin replacements, targets. And it's landed on Wataru Endo. No, I don't know anything about this guy. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but apparently his dad was a baller, Nint. <laughs> it took me a while to take that one out, you know. It took me it a while. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Honestly. Nint, his dad, Nintendo, was, was uh, a player. Um, but yeah, listen, uh, last night, me and the missus were watching a box set and... Um, Halfway through it, I fancied a cup of tea. Who doesn't love a cup of tea with a box set? Mm. So I crept off to the kitchen. I was like, just pause it, babe. I'm going to make a cup of tea. Happened to go on Twitter and this 30-year-old sign-in medical Fabrizio Romano gas had blown. And I was literally in the kitchen with a kettle boiling and I was tweeting away. And she was like, Scott, come on, where's the tea? Let's carry on the box set. And I was like, just a minute, sweetheart. And I'm... <laughs> Tweeting all my venom, like, who the hell is this 30-year-old? This is like Christian Poulsen in 2011, Roy Hodgson. Honestly, I was absolutely fuming, and I still am. Obviously, Twitter, if you go onto Twitter and read too much in there, obviously you get the top reds. are like, ah, oh, let's give him a chance. You know, don't judge him until he's pulled on the red shirt and all that. And it's like, this was supposed to be a midfield rebuild. <laughs> And now it's the 20th of August in a day or two. 20th of August, we've tight signed two signings. May I point out that them two signings are both release clauses. We didn't even need a director of football. What are we negotiating when it's a release clause? I mean, you tell me. Now, this Endo, Wataru Endo, 30-year-old, you don't need to be negotiating there. If you're 30 years old, You've been dead in the Bundesliga for four years. No one's ever heard of you, apart from my boy, Football Ferreira. If he comes on the stream, he knows him. Um, you know, this isn't filling me with any kind of optimism at all. And then obviously, of course, look, if he's a James Milner replacement, a utility man in the in the squad, in the team to fill in left, right and centre, I can take it. But you see, if this is the last signing of the window, and FSG put their checkbook away, and that £111 million for Caicedo magically disappears. And it ended up, it was only £16 million for Wataru Endo. 
I might seriously consider giving up watching football and taking up cricket. That <laughs> is how I'm feeling right now. Um, but Jurgen Klopp, please, I will never turn against Jurgen Klopp, ever. Fact. But there comes a point where he has got to look at the shit sandwich he's been served up and be like, I can't do this anymore. This is an impossible task. It's a poison chalice. People are out there signing Enzo Fernandez, Moise Caicedo, Romeo Lavia, Declan Rice. And we're scooping the barrel for these 16 million pound 30 year olds in the Bundesliga. I am lost for words and I'm the anger hasn't subsided. So basically we're going to go through it in the next 45 minutes to an hour. Hopefully you two will make me feel better. And then the missus is out working tonight. So I've got two hours after this stream. I'm going to end this stream and I'm going to go and watch the last half an hour of that box set. Because when I went back with my cup of tea and watched the last half hour, I didn't, I ain't got a clue what happened. I didn't watch it. And she could tell, she was like, she was like, oh, it's a bit of a whodunit. Do you think it's her that's done it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, probably. I ain't got a clue, man. I need to watch it this half an hour and catch up just so that when she wants to watch the next episode tonight, I'm like, yeah, babe, I know exactly what was happening. It sounds a bit like uh, the Liverpool saga. You haven't got a clue what's happening there either. It's like the the box set. Who did it? Was it? It's another who done it. it? (laughs) I tell you, it wasn't George Schmadka, right? Because he's in Ibiza, probably at O Beach with Wayne Lineker, with his feet up, with an orange cup in his hand, thinking, "I've been paid for my three months' work. I'm out. I'm out of there soon, so I don't really care." Um, Travis, Endo. Yeah, you ever heard of him? You're the, you're a FIFA man. You're a resident FIFA player. You know every player on this planet. Tell me you've heard of him. Just take the O off his surname, man. It's the end. <laughs> it's the end. For, it's the end for Liverpool, mate. I'm telling you now. That signing signified the end. I'm telling you. It's, it, it, I've not even heard of this player, like, and that might be bad ball knowledge for me, but this one's even stumped me. I don't know a lot about this player at all. Um, but what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing on Twitter is that he's quite highly rated. Got a lot of lungs, can run for fun. Um, good protector, apparently. Decent passing range. But I don't really know much about him. It's very much against Liverpool's like general philosophy of trying to build teams. A 30-year-old, 60 million. Um, it just goes against the grain massively. So like, I, I, you're not obviously not broke. You put in a world record, well, British record fee for Kai Sado, or was it a fake bid? We don't know. We don't know how much money you've got. Um, but to me, it's a very surprising sign, and it's not at all what the fans envisaged after going for Kai Sado and Lavia. And if this is the final signing for Liverpool, I can see uproar within the fan base without a shadow of a doubt. I just don't see how you recover from this. I don't see how the fans won't riot. They will yeah. want to know where the other 85 million is, surely. If yeah. we had it for Caicedo and we only signed 16 million Endo. I nearly called him Enzo there because Dan from Two Blues in there saying they've signed <laughs> Enzo. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Endo. Absolutely heartbreaking. When you think uh, of that meme as well that was doing the rounds on Twitter um, around Christmas time, Liverpool's rebuild, and it was... Fernandez, Enzo Fernandez, Jude Caicedo Bellingham, and Moyes Caicedo. We didn't get how, any of them. How None of them. Far away is it from that? It's just shocking, man. And two of them are gone to Chelsea. Yeah, I don't think it will be the end of your business. I do genuinely think it will be the start 
But I just think it will be the start of your endos coming in. I think you'll end up scattergunning, panic buying. Yeah, There'll be some random signings that you just think, and oh, we spent money, we brought three or four in, but it, it'll just be like I said in the last podcast. I just think you'll start scattergunning and buying random players, and it's proved it. It's you couldn't get a bigger drop off from Casado down to Lavia down to this endo. Like I said, I think um, we all pride ourselves on having good ball knowledge, good European ball knowledge of knowing players that are out there that you get excited about that maybe people who just watch the Prem haven't heard of. But even I haven't heard of him. Neither has Trav heard of him. I watch quite a bit of foreign football. Um, so, yeah, he might be a, a bit of a journeyman, steady Eddie, but is he going to come into the Prem, time to settle in, a team that's not doing that well anyway, that the pressure's on? Um, it just, it all smacks of panic. He obviously wasn't the first used- choice. The thing that you guys probably don't know because you're not on Twitter every minute of every day watching Liverpool stuff is that this George Schmadka is from Stuttgart. Mm-hmm. So he's literally, the whole transfer window is crumbling around him and he's like, I'll just nip to my old club and get a bit of an engine, a bit of a James Milner um, replacement, someone yeah. who will win the bleep test every summer. It's literally it a case of all playing. Else. Yeah, yeah basically. one else, last resort, pure last resort. Do us a favour, mate. It's one of them, ain't it? Do us a favour. Go back to the old directors and that sort us out. We're scrambling around. We can't get any of our original targets. And yeah, like you said, it, it it's it's desperate times. It really is desperate times. And like you said now, I think there's been rumours that Liverpool want a right-sided centre-back. Um, I think you've been linked with a right-back as well. But I don't like to say who's out there. That's not the issue at the moment. I think it's the time you're leaving it now. You've played you you've played your cards just so incorrectly. Like you you're letting everybody know that you got loads of money. So any anyone that you go in for now, that you just slap an extra 20, 30 million on the fee now. You're not going to get anyone cheap between now and the end of the window, and they're going to be second rate as well. So I think you've left yourselves in a little bit of a pickle. Well, that's the thing. Apparently, we're going big for this Chait de Curry from Crystal um, Palace, but yeah. the price that's getting quoted now is 70 million. <sighs> I mean, they bought him for, I think it was 18 million 12 months ago. It's definitely not worth it. Enzo Fernandez went to Benfica 12 months ago or 18 months ago now for 15 million. Moises Caicedo went to Brighton two years ago for 5 million. I think you need to Where buy. Where is the scouting network? Yeah. That's it. Um, do you think this is the end of us as a force in the Premier League? I think. Um, yeah, go on. <sighs> And obviously it, the end of Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a big factor. But I, I'll go back to what I was saying. He seems dejected. He seems a bit perplexed with what's going on at the club. That's just from the outside looking in, the interviews I've seen him doing. Um, I think he had a rough ride last year. And like you say, if he can't see the vision or the project at the club, if he's thinking I've got to do a rebuild, but I'm not being given the resources, if that's the way you see it, then there are other jobs out there for him. You know, Liverpool isn't the only gig in town. Um so I don't know if it's, I think you'll be up and around, you know, the top 13. So I think you'll be all right there. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, laughing, but I'm not, I'm not disagreeing, man. But Listen, if you uh, sign but, 16 year old, 30 year olds, uh, 16 million pound, 30 year olds from a different league, you've got with no Premier League experience. 
It's a recipe for disaster. Christian Poulsen, how did he fare when he came to the Premier League in 2011? I'll tell you how he fared. He had about six games, got found out. Everyone knew he was absolute trash and he got absolutely slaughtered on the fan forums and he barely played for us ever again. We let him go for free. That was like £12 million mm. down the drain, which was quite a lot uh, yeah, 12 I think years you... ago. If you look at the Prem this season, you've obviously got City, Arsenal, and you would say you're two front runners. Uh, Newcastle have, you know, they've bought well again. Tonoli looks like a good player, got a good manager. Uh, then you've got United, you know, there's that resurgence under them. So that's kind of if you're looking at sort of top four is where top four is. Yeah, Brighton are on the up. Um, Villa, I know they got spanked. Vi- yeah, uh, Villa are on the up. So you're probably in that, genuinely in that bracket Chelsea. around. Chelsea, I think Chelsea obviously. are going to be right up there. They're signing well, too got, many ballers, certified and ballers they've got no, And they've got no European football, so they've got a straight run mm-hmm. at the Prem. Um, so in all seriousness, you're probably sitting, yeah, so if you put them as the top five, you're probably sitting in that next bracket of, I know we had a bit of banter last year, duking it out with your Brightons, but you're probably sitting in that pocket for mm-hmm. the Europa Conference League, Europa League space. That's where, it, at the moment, um, mm-hmm. I think you're only going to bring in more of these endo-type players I think you're going to go scattergun and maybe bring in probably another three or four by the end of the window. But whether you're going to be blown away by any of them, one, most of the decent players are gone already. Mm. They've already moved. So Bellingham's moved, Rice has moved, you know, Caicedo's moved. Uh, you look start looking Lavia. at defenders, Lavia, Timber's moved. Um, the big clubs have already done their business early. So there isn't much then around it seems at the moment to pick up on anybody else is then going off to Saudi. So you've got players that are just leaving for money there. Even if you're going to the next like tranche down of players, some of the top wolves players, for example, off to Saudi, they've gone. Um, so I think it's difficult for you. That's before you, you then put into the big foreign clubs. So PSG and Bayern and Dortmund and Real Madrid, obviously taking their pickings. So I can't really see where, like you said, where's the scouting network? Where are Liverpool now with what, 10 <coughs> days to go in the window? Where are they going to go? If a top player becomes available, the likelihood is one of those other clubs are going to snap them up. You know, they're still talking about Arsenal, maybe bringing in one or two. Um, but I do think there are players out there to give you a little bit of glass half full. Like that Kudus from Ajax, it's been yeah. touted that he's going to end up at a West Ham or a Brighton. That would be a travesty. The yeah. Arby's just gone to Villa. Like there are players out there for 40, 35 to 50 million that Liverpool could be getting. That Diaby's going to tear the Premier League up. It's a travesty yeah, he's got no, there. Yeah. He'll be going for 80, 90 million in his, you know, the next round of sales. But I just don't, it doesn't seem like Liverpool have got that structure there to be saying, okay, well, let's know where we are at the moment. We're not going to compete at the moment with the top, top clubs. So let's go for that next bracket down. And Almost like you did when Salah came in and Marnie came in and that period where you built, you almost need to go back to that model a bit and forget your Bellinghams and getting the fans all hyped that you're going to spend £100 million on your Caicedos and rebuild like you did five, six years ago when Klopp first came in. I said, you've hit the nail on the head. We just haven't got the structure anymore. We haven't got a director of football. We've gone through three directors of football. Schmadke will leave. We'll have no director of football. The... Club are getting big, big earners off the wage bill. Obviously, from a Liverpool fan, you're hoping this is going gearing up towards a sale, but I'll believe it when I see it. FSG, mm. I don't think, are going to be going anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, to me, we're either going for these like ballers, like obviously Darwin Nunes. We'll, we'll, we'll make one marquee signing this year. It's Sabosle. We got 
McAllister on a cheap release clause, which was fantastic business. But then after that, we signed the likes of Carvalho or Harvey Elliott for five million, um, taking them really young off of other clubs. But there's, they haven't, they don't take that gamble in in the middle, like you were just alluding to, Neil. And, and kind of like what we did when FSG first took over, when we nearly won the league 13-14, our summer transfer window was abysmal. We signed, I think it was Luis Alberto. Let me know if any of you remember these. Luis Alberto, Iago Aspas, Ali Sissoko on loan. Like there were all these little nuggets that they were hoping that Brendan Rodgers would be able to coach into a bit of a certified baller and none of them did. They probably cost mm. us the league, to be honest. Because Mohamed Isaka in that as well. No, he come in the January. Um, and to be fair, he, he'd done not too bad. He ended the season, him in Skirtle at centre-back. But in the yeah. summer, it was signing these seven, eight million um, gambles and none of them paid off. But right now, that kind of money now is to sign a 20, 25, 30 million gamble and hope they hit the ground running, hope that Klopp can nurture them into a top baller <clears throat> in the Premier League. And... I guess that brings it on to Man United and this Amrabat, Trav. We've been linked with him the last couple of days. Like We we want to be kept in the loop if he becomes available. Steal him from under the noses of Man United. Again, it's the kind of price that would it be a gamble bringing him in? He's 26 mm-hmm. now. You're always wary of a player that's had a, a great World Cup or a great tournament. Um a flash in the pan. Replicate, a flash in the pan. You know, <clears throat> no one's heard of him since. I don't know about you, Trav, but yeah, on uh, Man United, this Amrabat, what is going on? Can you not afford him? Do you need McTominay to leave, Maguire to leave? What's the hold-up? I think he wants to go Man United, don't he? Yeah, yeah, he's agreed for Man United. He's holding out for Man United. What I've heard is is that we, we sort of need to get rid of um, Donny van der Beek. Fred's gone. I think van der Beek's the big big one that we need to make the sale or the loan or I think originally it started off as a permanent then it's gone to a little bit of a loan and it's a little bit indifferent and it's gone a little bit slow now and I think the fan base is starting to get a little bit restless with it my big argument is like how how we're going to play I mean we've just spent 60 million on Mason Mount to be a number eight um now we want to bring in another number eight then we've been linked to Gravenberch also today as well he's another number eight so it's like everyone. Liverpool's grabbing Birch. Apparently, we're getting him. This is it. And I think the names are just doing the rounds. I think it's agents playing games, just chucking names out there saying, if you don't hurry up, my client's going to go somewhere else. I think Amrabat's more or less nailed on to go United, to be fair. Um, he's just waiting for some outs. Yeah, I think the agreement's been in place for quite some time. And I think when we get a couple of sales in, most notably Donny van der Beek, I think he'll be the one that will sort of trigger that. But, yeah, I can't really put my finger on it. I don't know what they're waiting for. If personal terms are agreed and they've got the money like they say they have, why not just do the business? Um, but it might be on Fiorentina. You don't know. Have they got a replacement for him? There's so many factors that go into a transfer. Sometimes it can take longer. But you know what United are like. I mean, we started off the transfer window pr- quite brightly in terms of how quickly we did the business. And now it's slowed down. And I think there's a little bit of anxiety setting into the fan base now that we just need to get one or two over the line. I mean, you could see on Monday night that that we are a little bit short of quality, even though that was his first choice midfield and it's one game and you don't want to like over, over panic. But I think longer term with the depth of the squad, we do need a couple more names, I would say, before the window shots. Is Amrabat on a release clause? No. 
I don't think so. No, he hasn't. Again, got it's quite. like, is that just the press quoting 35 million? Who knows? When it comes to it, yeah. they might say, yeah, he's available 60 million. That would definitely rule Liverpool out. And I presume Man United as well, unless they can yeah. get your boy Harry Maguire uh, off the wage bill. We're going to move on to Harry Gra- Maguire in a second. Let me just jump into the uh, comments. Daniel's back. Cheers for joining us again, Daniel. Top man, Reese James, injured again. My boy from Two Blues, Dan's in the comments as well. He was texting me about it today. Is it three months he's out for? Is that for three months? I think so. Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, or Daniel. Um, I think that's what he said, but he just can't avoid injury, Reese James. He's, he's turning into Joel Matip or Rafa Varane or he's unreal, Darren Anderton. Who remembers Darren Anderton? Darren Anderton, yeah, Ledley King. Um, Pixie's in. Cheers for joining, Pixie, my little daughter. 30-year-old, he will gas out. She knows a ball. <laughs> Either she knows a ball or she's been listening to her dad. <laughs> uh, Daniel, Liverpool grabbing onto anything now. Oh, absolutely, mate. I've done a shot on it. Um, we're going to throw CDM idol. Just line up a load of CDMs and pick them. Get Simon Cow and Louis Walsh to pick, pick the best-suited <laughs> one to uh, Liverpool and grab that number six shirt. Uh, Dan's in. How you doing, Dan? Yes, Reese James could be out for up to three months. Done his hamstring in training. Oh, You're lucky they've got another round like that Gusto. He, he can play there and he, he's top draw. Um, but it's a big blow to Reese James. Just been named skipper. First match against Liverpool, he was outstanding. And like you said, he makes a huge difference when he's in the side. So he's going to be a big miss for Chelsea. Oh, huge. He is. He's top, top draw. Uh, we've got nine people watching. Cheers for joining, guys. Let us know in the comments why you're here. Liverpool, Arsenal, Man U. Let us know what you think of Amrabat to Man U or Liverpool. Uh, Endo. I keep nearly saying Enzo. I wish, Dan. <laughs> Endo to Liverpool. <laughs> and Harry Maguire not leaving Man United. Trav, take it away. What is wrong with... Neil, I've seen your comment on Instagram today. What is wrong with Man United? Take the 30 million and give Harry 10 million. They've got a 20 million profit. What is going on here? It's unreasonable to expect Harry Maguire to leave 200k a week, Neil, to take up 100k a week at West Ham, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sound. I'll cut my wage in half. Cheers. I'll let you go, Trav, first. But um, yeah, to me, it just seems a bit short sighted from the club. I know we've sometimes when you look at it, Arsenal have shipped some players on, you know, when we got rid of Aubameyang and this isn't a terminating a contract, but. You're getting that massive amount of money off the books. You're getting a player that really is putting negative energy on the manager, on the, on the club, because whilst he's there, he's this big sort of circus anyway. So that's worth its weight in gold. And I think West Ham initially came in with a 15, 20 million pound bid. Just accept it. Take that bit of money. Accept the fact that you get 200 million off the 200,000 a week off the wage bill. Just let him go. Harry Maguire can then negotiate probably 110, 120 at West Ham. Give him the extra payoff. So you could have accepted a lower bid and just got rid of him. I think it was a bit short-sighted from United almost. Whoever's in charge of transfers putting their foot down to say, no, we're going to get as much as we can for Harry Maguire because he plays for England, etc. And it could end up biting you that he's just sitting there on 200k a week. He's going to have to play when there's injuries or cup games. And I just think it's uh, it's bad for the club. It's bad for Ten Hag and his authority coming in. The good work that happened with getting Ronaldo out of the, the building. Um I think it could have a real negative effect on on him as a manager as well. So I think it's really short-sighted from United. I think think this is sort of a bit of a special case. Go on. 
just to add, uh, for us neutral fans, Neil, it is going to be funny watching him play because his oh, head yeah. is so gone, his confidence. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I know hashtag be kind and all that, but he's an absolute mess on the pitch now, isn't he, Trav? It's going to be funny to watch when he gets minutes. Oh, it's going to be brilliant. Well, I think it's as clear as day. Ten Hag rattling to get him out. The fee's been agreed with the club, so I'm not saying it's not the club's fault. There's a settlement package that needs sorting and Nine times out of 10, you don't pay that to the penny. Normally, it's like a gentleman's agreement that you pay half, even three quarters in, in some circumstances to get rid of a player. But he's digging his heels in because he thinks he's better than what he is. And he's done this for such a long time. Like, he's got such bad advisors just gassing him to the moon like how about how good he thinks he is. And, and this is where the problem lies. Like, I think he's owed around 15 million or just under so if united are thinking well if we're getting 30 million for him and we've got to pay him 15 we're only getting 15 so it's like in some ways i can see where the club are coming from because i think they're offering i think the club are offering like eight as a package for him to leave and he's saying that's too low so I'm hoping that some some negotiation can take place and they can just come to a settlement figure and he leaves because at the end of the day, as much as I don't like him as a player, he does actually need to play football because I think his England place finally might be under threat next season with Levi Colwell starting at Chelsea all the time. And it's just literally not fair on all those other English centre-halves like Ben White and players just playing out of the skin, just not getting a look in because of this guy. And it's going to look so embarrassing on Gareth Southgate if he starts Maguire at the next Euros when he's not kicked a ball because he's like 12th choice centre off behind Fred the Red and stuff. Like, what? It just can't continue. So, I, I the tea lady on your shot today. <laughs> this is the thing. Like, it's where he's going to go now because if that West Ham deal's off, I don't know if I believe it's totally off. It looks like it's stalled massively. Or are they looking at other alternatives? I've not seen any names linked with West Ham. But obviously, then you've got the injury to Tyrone Mings at Villa as well. And I, I heard they might be linked with him. But it's a mild link at the moment. I don't think Villa would be in for him, personally. I think he, Villa's too good for him, personally. But um, Yeah, I think the way Villa play as well, they want to, under Emery, they do want to come out and play a bit from the back. You know, the players they've got, he, did, he doesn't suit that. He can't come out and play from the back. You know? <laughs> That's the complete opposite of what Harry Maguire <laughs> offers. Um, so, have, yeah. you got, have you got a team that suits like a, a really slow, lumbering slab head that can really head the ball? Uh, what kind of not teams in, uh, narrows the down the search a little bit? The, not in the, the Premier League. If you go down the yeah. league, you might find yeah. one more. <laughs> The, the, well, dark the thing is, dark on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, it'll come out in the wash with West Ham, certainly, won't it? If they sign a, a different target, you know that one's dead and buried. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're looking at alternatives then. Teams that maybe need mid uh, defensive reinforcements. And that brings us on nicely to Arsenal and Jury and Timber. How heartbreaking is that? Um, uh, especially for like, from the putting rivalry on one side, I watched him the Community Shield, and I was like, wow, what a player. Put him straight in my FPL team, and then, oh, what a nightmare. I mean, I think he would have had a massive part to play this season. He can play as the on either side. He can play as an inverted fullback. He can play left. He can play right. He can play as a centre-half. Um, great on the ball. Uh, he's obviously played that style of football under Ajax for a while. He's, he's like I said in the last body, he's looked the best of the three signings. Uh, that we've had. I was really excited about him, uh, what he was going to bring to the team offensively as well as defensively. 
Um, he seems like he's settled into the squad really well. Um, players have been raving about him all pre-season, how good he is. Um, United were obviously linked with him before they got uh, Martinez. He just looked like a top, top baller. I was praying that it was just going to be a calf injury and maybe he was going to be out for a short space of time, but that's his season over now. Six, seven months to recover from an ACL. Could be back in April, but it's going to take time to build up. So, really, you start looking at Arsenal's transfer window that everybody's been saying the best business that's happened. And you think you've only really brought in Rice, the DMF, and uh, Havertz, who I know for a lot of people, the jury's out. Where's he going to play? Is he going to play as a 10 or as an 8? Or he needs his confidence rebuilding after a terrible time at Chelsea. And all of a sudden, the window isn't looking that strong for Arsenal. Um, linked with a few, but I think we do need to get bodies out the door. I saw Tavares has been linked with Nottingham Forest, uh, trying to get a bit of money for him. A couple of Prem clubs now interested in Balogun. That might drive up the price that Arsenal are happy with, 40, 45 million. Um, and then, yeah, there's a couple more. Tierney looks like he'll probably stay now. He was starting to get heavily linked with Newcastle, but it'd be criminal getting rid of him with Zinchenko's not got the best. I know he only has short spaces out, but the best injury record. He's not probably going to play 50 games this season. Um, so, yeah, all of a sudden, what was a bit of a smug Arsenal fan thinking, actually, we've had a really great window. It's looking a bit well, light. Won the window. Yeah. yeah, but you you know anyway, because I'd spoke to you boys in the chat, that I felt we needed one more attacker, um, particularly a winger. Um, I was a bit disappointed when Diaby went to Villa. Uh, I think Kudus, you could probably pick him up for £34 million from Ajax. I think if he ended up at somewhere like West Ham, I'd be really disappointed. I just feel they need somebody in that forward position and another defender um, that can play in a, a variety of positions, cover for Timber. They're so difficult to find those utility defenders, and that's why um, Timber's such a big blur. I think he's outstanding, um, mm. absolutely outstanding. And it, what I liked about him most, the two things, it, it, the composure he shows is just ridiculous. Like on the ball, just he just knows what he's going to do before he receives the ball. Touch, either foot, just brilliant. And then the second thing is as well is one v one defending because a lot of a lot of defenders these days, especially in fullback areas, they're not very good defensively. It's all about the offensive game and getting round and providing assists and stuff. But going at Timber is up there like with the best defensively as well in one v one situations. And I think in the short time at Arsenal, he really, really set the world alight yeah. with his performances and the fans will be gutted that he's out. Um yeah, I think now, like you said, with Tierney being with, linked with a move away and Zinchenko's injury record, Tavares being linked with Nottingham Forest, I can't see Tierney going now. Um, ben White's obviously going to be right back with Tommy Asu. Gabriel's not started this season because of injury as well. So, like you said, a couple of injuries and you can all of a sudden find yourself light. So, would mm. would, would you want a centre-half coming in, do you reckon? Or? Well, I saw they've been linked with Laporte, but I don't think... Um... City are going to do any business with us. And I think it's the hard thing. We're talking about Harry Maguire, but when you think out there, there aren't that many there aren't that many great defenders out there that can play in this new modern role. You know, I heard Carragher saying uh, on Monday Night Football, Liverpool need a defender, but it's, you know, Laporte. who's out there? Yeah, Laporte would be perfect for us. Yeah, I mean, he'd be perfect for us as well, but I, I can't see City selling. I mean, stranger things have happened. You know, the arrogance of City, but I can't see them selling again to Arsenal after we ran them so close. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of work for Edu and the uh, and the team. They probably were thinking about bringing one more in, maybe shipping some players off the books and a straightforward 
winger or attacker to to slot into that front six. Um, but now I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for Arsenal. I do think they need to do two bits of business before the window's over, particularly with Champs League um, as well as the Prem this year. We didn't look that convincing against, you know, Forest for, you know, the best part of 40 minutes. I love that. Spent 200 million. They're still looking to do one or two more bits of business. Just get them John in. John Henry and FSG. <laughs> I despise you of every bone in my body. Uh, Travis, we can't go on any longer without talking about Mason Mount. And I've seen a compilation on Twitter today of Casemiro getting run absolutely ragged against Wolves. Did you see it? Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Now you've had time to digest it since Monday night. Are you feeling any better or any worse? I do feel better because I felt awful after <laughs> Monday night, to be honest, with that performance. Yeah, the word the word that I want to use is disillusioned. I'm so disillusioned with the sort of the plan going forward. Because after two games last season, Ten Hag switched it because De Gea couldn't play out from the back. Then we obviously went with De Gea playing, smashing long balls forward. But when we did try and play at the back, Ericsson dropped in to like that number six and got the ball off the centre-halves and tried to play. It worked to a certain degree. And then on Monday, he's gone back with these two high number eights playing in between their centre-halves and full-backs and just leaving it to the defence to sort of build up play and run into areas which commits the opposition. It just didn't work. So... I know it, he's only a season into his tenure and he's going to get given another season. I don't know if he's still sussing the league out, but between the manager and the recruitment model, I just think the, the jury's out on some of the signings. Like, he hasn't got them all bang on. This is literally what I'm trying to say. Like, Can you, you feel it, Neil? Can you feel it? About it? For me, Casemiro's right. Martinez's right. Anana's right. You can say that, well, Anana's only just started, but I think they're going to be certs that they're going to be successful. Martinez, without a doubt, has been successful. I think Casemiro has been successful. I don't think the jury's been out on him. I know you said he's old, but he performed well last season. And I think Anana will do the same. But then, and Malassia as a squad player is not bad. But then when I think about the rest, Vegost, Sabitza, Anthony at 80 million, like... I'm undecided on him. Do you know what I mean? So, and Mason Mount as well for the type of player and the profile we needed in that area. So out of those seven signings, like over half of them, you would say he's probably got wrong at this moment in time unless Mason Mount proves himself to be right. So it just, to me, who's buying the players? Who's deciding on those signings? To me, they sound a little bit like Ten Hag signings because a lot of them are either ex-players or we liked them while he was in Holland. And it goes back, it begs the question, we need that director of football, we need that recruitment model like Man City do, like Edu at Arsenal. They've got most of the signings bang on in the last couple of years and, and United need that model and it, and it is stressing me out a little bit. I think it, after watching Monday night's game uh, and I've seen your cousin say it on Twitter as well, yeah. it's like there's no purpose to the play. There's no structure. There's no patterns of play. Um, it's like get it up to the wingers, try to get a bit of pace on the go with Rashford and Anthony or Garnacho, yeah, and then defend for your lives. Yeah, the cohesion, a bit the, lost cohesion in there. the cohesion's terrible because when you go back to his Ajax days, his back four was Blind, Timber, Martinez, Missouri, Anana. So 
um, you think of that backfire in terms of the technical ability and how they can play and how they can carry the ball with one of those inverting. So Timber was doing exactly the same as what he was doing at Arsenal, inverting, creating a two two like sixes basically as a pivot. And if the ball broke broke down, those five were more than capable of stopping counter attacks. Whereas we just haven't got the technical ability across the back line and we haven't got the recovery in midfield. Because Mason Mount, like Declan Rice, if you think about the charity shield, I think that clip went viral on Twitter where Rice made a recovery run over like mm. 15, 20 yards and tackled someone and just popped it off to a centre half. Who's doing that in our team? Literally. Not even Casemiro. The clips, the, the compilation, I know obviously over 90 minutes, this was only a two-minute compilation, but it was it was almost embarrassing. He looked like a little boy lost. Yeah. And if you're 31 years old in the Premier League, you can very quickly look like you've uh, aged overnight, can't you? Yeah. And he needs some... Say, I mean, when he's at Real Madrid, he's always had either like the optimum technicians around him, Cruz, Modric, don't give it away, don't have to do much running, or he's got a load of legs like Valverde, Camavinga and many those type of players. That's what's around him all the time. At United, he just hasn't got the same setup. So he's doing a lot more work than he's probably used to. I bet he's knackered after like 50 minutes every game, to be honest. I bet he is. Um, yeah, just I mean, he, he looked like that in the Wolves game when I was watching it. I was thinking he's doing a lot of work, but obviously he can't, he's not covering that much ground and he, kind of looked all at sea. I don't think it's all completely his fault, but I do think Scott's right that same with this Endo coming in, the Prem is a vicious place and can catch up on you quickly. You yeah. can look like a, you can look like a baller one season and you have that summer break and all of a sudden 30, 31, 32, particularly in midfield, the game's gone away from you. It's mm. a fright, it's a it's an unforgiving league in that way. Um but I think like you said, for me the outside looking in, the recruitment hasn't been right. I don't think you've got the right players around uh, say Casemiro, your midfield. I thought Mount was a strange one when you when you went in for him. Yeah, you know United can get anyone. I think you could have gone in for a Chuameni or somebody and put big money in. And with Bellingham going the other way, you might have got one of those players, one of two of them, or Valverde, which I think would have been better than Mount. More Massive. experience, more experience, more high level experience in big European competitions, particularly now you're back in the Champions League. And I've just found the recruitment a bit strange, like from the outside looking in. It's like United needed to get away from this model of we're just going to get these shirt selling players and that's a good marketing, Paul Pogba or whoever. And it just feels like you, you've England not done that. international, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we said it when we you signed him, didn't we, Trav? I mean, he was linked with Liverpool. I didn't want him. I was glad we didn't get him. He's gone to you. You've questioned from day one how he's going to fit into this team. Um, whether it suits the style of play that Ten Hag's trying to implement. Uh, Daniel's back in the comments here, Casemiro's like Thiago Silva, old but gold. That is true. He, he's top draw, but like on Monday night, it was almost like with this compilation when he'd be a bit out of position and it'd go past him. It's, it'd be almost be like you look for his mate to back him up and there was just no one there. Yeah. And that's, that brings you on to this. Did you see that stat that TalkSport posted? That amount <laughs> zero on everything. <laughs> no tackles, no headers, no assists, no goals, no, no jewels one. No jewels one. And uh, Mason Mount's brother went in on TalkSport on uh, yes. his Instagram Blasting story him, this year. He's just Blasting not a midfielder, him. though. He's not a midfielder. So I well, feel that's the thing. Where, I mean, when he was linked to Liverpool, I was like, we don't need him in the front three. Nah. Where does he play? 
he's like Anthony Martial near. We still don't know where his best position is. And he's, and he's like 26, 27. He's coming back this year, Valerie Martial. This is his year. This oh, is his year. Martial's older than that now. He must be 29 now. I think Martial was yeah. a year below Casemiro in school. Uh, but yeah, to, where did Man United go from here? Basically, you need the next game to come thick and fast. You yeah, can do without Spurs playing away. Spurs away, couldn't you? Let's put it that way. Game, I mean, no matter what you say, games are won and lost in midfield. They really are. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they genuinely are. And I mean, I watched the Spurs game against Brentford as well. And Basuma came into the team, a player that I was sort of raving about last year. Didn't get much of an opportunity under the previous manager. And he played and he was outstanding against Brentford. So we've got a battle on our hands. And we've got to get this midfield blend right. And I know Scotty's sort of banged on about McTominay and said he was a decent player. And I used to hammer him, hold my hands up for that. He's not unbelievable but when he first started his United career under Jose Jose did love him he liked McTominay a lot under Oli he played as two sixes asking him to get the ball off the back four is not his game he doesn't start attacks like that not his kind of game but he's got a good engine we might have to revert to something like having him next to Casemiro if we can't get Amrabat over the line um for now until we get that deal done, just to tighten up the midfield a bit. Because like you said, we can't have counter-attack. Well, it wasn't just counter-attacks. Wolves dominated the game, to be honest with you. They attacked at will. But the counter-attacks, they look really dangerous. And we need somebody in there that can stop that. I think we've got to change the way we play if it doesn't work on Saturday. I don't think we've got the technical ability to start inverting full-backs and stuff. Like one Basaka sent in mid trying to <laughs> spray it about. It just, it just looks like it's a spider, doesn't it? Just a load of legs everywhere. It's just never going to work. We haven't got. I don't know. He got a good assist on Monday night. He did. He did. But like, it's it's the consistency though. Like, and that's the thing about a lot of the United's players. You see it in glimpses. Sometimes they look good. Sometimes they look really bad, and you just don't know which play you're going to get on the day. And even Garnacho, a young player who's done fantastic recently, he got locked up by Semedo. Couldn't get past him at all, and he's going to get that because he's a young lad. But again, I think we've just got to. be 100% sure. I think Ten Hag has got to be 100% sure on what way he wants to play and stick with it for five to 10 games. So if it's these two high eights and he's got confidence in our two fullbacks starting playing, inverting and making things happen and stick with it for 10 games, even if the results aren't going to go that way. I don't think we can play that way personally. I think he's going to revert back to fullbacks like sort of overlapping, staying wide, one solid player next to Casemiro. I think Mount will start holding the bench soon and we'll go, and we'll go back to, to tight from last season. Uh, Daniel says Mount had seemed to given up at Chelsea after a few poor games and to be honest, stayed poor. Do you know what Dan from Two Blues said exactly the same? Uh, every time we do a bit of a short or mention Mason Mount, he's like, I don't think Trav realises the kind of baller he's uh, signed. He's not box to box. He's not going to be building up play. Um, well, to be honest, I, I think I think Trav yeah. knows that now. <laughs> After one yeah. game, we've all written him off. Um, I knew it wasn't that anyway. But listen, cheers for the nod about McTominay. I uh, I know a certified baller when I see one. So cheers for conceding that I've been right for the last two years on him. But yo, calm down. Right. He's not certified. <laughs> <laughs> he's not certified. He's just he's, a, he's exactly what you need at the minute. You need a, yeah. a double yeah. pivot number six with Casemiro height strength, aggression. This could be a reprieve for McTominay. Is that why you've rejected the bid? Nah, I don't think it's that. I think 
See, there's a there's a divide with McTominay. I'd say it's more 60-40 towards him being sold, but it's for the right price. And a lot of the United... There's, there's a big section of United fans that just want him gone at any cost. I don't sit in that bracket. I think if he is going to go with the going rate and what I'm seeing bids in for other midfielders like Conor Gallagher at Chelsea, who actually did well against Liverpool, by the way. But he they rejected 40 million for him. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, Scott McTominay's got decent stocks, Champions League, Scott, well, Scottish international. I say that loosely because if you're born there, you can play there if you're half decent. But oh, like, no, it's you've thrown Kieran Tierney in after <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he should be going for any less than 35 minimum. Do you know what I mean? West Ham put in 30, we rejected it and I think that was fine. And that's the Amrabat price, isn't it? Yeah, Amrabat's straight swap. Yeah, yeah, thirty-five. Yeah, and that's what people are saying. Well, why don't we just sell him and get Amrabat? But I, I don't know. I mean, I think the manager likes McTominay as well. I think his squad needs to be made up of players who are willing to rotate as well. You don't need a load of superstars just wanting to play all the time, causing upset in the dressing room. McTominay's from the academy. He doesn't cause any force. He'll sit there and he'll he'll play when required. And I think you need those types of players sometimes. Which is why I always told you, didn't I? When you were yeah. slagging off Henderson and Wijnaldum saying there's no flair in there, I was like, you need industrial uh, ballers in that centre midfield who are going to win the ball back, recycle the ball, help the defence. Um, but that's yeah. going to be a massive game on Sunday against Spurs, especially being away from home. If Wolves were carving through you, it will. It OT. Imagine what it's going to be like away from home. I wonder if he's going to like we say, change the personnel, change the formation slightly, give Casemiro a bit of help. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm going to look forward to another big weekend of all. Uh, lads, that's 45 minutes. Cheers for joining. Um, if anyone's made it this far, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, it really helps us out a lot. We're nearly at 1,300 subscribers. Um, we're going to be back to do a weekend preview, maybe tomorrow. I don't know if you boys are free, maybe Saturday morning or something. We'll work something out. See when we're free. Yeah. Trav, Neil, uh, thanks so much for joining me. And everyone Cheers, else. Lads. Did you know I said yeah. I mentioned net spend once for you, Scotty? Just, uh, <laughs> I just want to make sure I get invited back every once in a while. Do you, know what I mean? well, you don't want to pump the Hornets' nest too much. I mean, I've got up here. I've got a whole full list of fixture, fixtures, <laughs> times, plays that he's brought in, net spend, wages, the lot. And I thought I just I leave that for today. I leave it. For today. <laughs> to be honest, Neil, I did do a tweet the other day. Travis, did you see it? Net spend for the last three years. I did see in it, euros. Yeah. In euros, Chelsea have spent 580 million euros in the last three years. Arsenal have spent 501 million euros in the last three years. Manchester United have spent 485 million euros in the last three years. Would anyone like to take a guess at how much Liverpool have spent in the <laughs> last on. three years? If we, if we save this for another podcast, because I've got a lot to go down on this net spend, trust me. So let's not get into that rabbit hole just at the All end right. of the uh, 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 well, podcast. So if we have that uh, EastEnders music going now, done. How much did Liverpool spend? Done, done, done. <laughs> <laughs> Catch us next time in the body. Well, to be honest, lads, uh, I was thinking the other day, I'm not sure if, if onto the ball is the right word. You know, we always say, right, we how's the family? Right, onto the ball. And now we've called the channel onto the ball. I was thinking, what if we change the channel name to the net spend? <laughs> <laughs> got a ring to it, hasn't it? Do you think it'll be catchy? 
People will, will remember the name. Schmacker will subscribe straight away. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads. Uh, listen, Cheers, thanks lads. for joining us. Seven, yeah. seven watchers still. Thanks for joining the Net Spend. We'll see you on the next episode of the Net Spend. And uh, yeah, cheers. Right, cheers, lads. See you later. Cheers. See you later. <laughs> Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! <laughs>